If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to the Pickup WNBA Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eicher. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. And this is week two of our show. How are you feeling, buddy? Uh, I am feeling really good. Uh, we got a ton of positive feedback uh, from like friends and also some anonymous people, which felt cool. Uh, I saw a hawk the other day. So, I mean, oh. that was awesome. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I, uh, I have not seen a hawk <laughs> in the last week. Uh, I finally got a pedicure though. Things are, have started opening up in, uh, in Ontario, which we're based and I got a pedicure and I just felt alive, you know, like just little things like that make such a big difference. Uh, I just, I feel so good. I got these new prescription sunglasses that I ordered online in the mail and they came to me with a defect, like the lens on one of them is slow. Oh no. It's like slightly cracked and I'm so disappointed. I'm going to have to return them. And by the time I get my, I return these and get the Mm -hmm. new pair, it's like summer is going to be over. Okay. Well, that's a bummer about the glasses. Yeah, and they're super cute. They're like prescription and they're shaped like hearts. Yeah, that's like for adults. That's really cool. (laughs) I'm into it as a non glass wearer. I think that would be my go to. I mean, yeah, all I can say is I'm happy for your nails, but I'm sad for your glasses. Yeah. Are you going to show off like your nails like anywhere? Or I mean, like, is there is there a moment where is it or is it mostly for you? It's mostly for me. Yeah, it's I'm hoping, you know, I, I'm still not fully vaccinated yet, but I will be as of Tuesday. So that's exciting. Woo-hoo! Yes. And so after that, you know, I'm hoping to plan like like a beach day with some people and things like that. So oh, yeah, maybe, well, maybe. Please invite me. I'm double vaxxed. Uh, Moderna. Yeah. Both That'd times. That'd be so fun. That'd the be do- so fun. Dolly Parton. Um, vaccination uh, she invested in moderna so shout out dolly oh really yeah so that's I great got some are, nine to five in me are you full moderna i'm full moderna wow that's right yeah i'm pfizer first one and second one i won't know until i'm there nice well i can tell you this uh in my immediate uh, nuclear family uh, which I feel like will will come up later. Um, <laughs> every there's a a lot of variety. There's double AstraZeneca. There's double Pfizer. There's a Pfizer Moderna mix. There's double Moderna, and I think there's another double Pfizer. So, I gotta say, there's something about the way you say double Moderna that has just like a really nice ring to it. Hey, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> can I get a Boston cream, a double Moderna, and a... Um, do you what want a coffee with want? that? Yeah, I'll get a coffee because I <laughs> in this scenario. Okay, I, I feel like we're good to... 
good to yeah go. we're we're in a good place we're in a good place so i mean the big uh news in the WNBA this week is that the all-stars were announced team usa was announced and all-star game is going to be team usa versus team WNBA, which is a combination of international players and U.S. players that aren't on Team USA. So I wanted to ask you, as we are, you know, kind of new WNBA fans, how do you feel about this format? I'll be honest. When I first, first read your question, I immediately went to my brain of kind of like, this is a bit gimmicky. Is the U.S that much better than everyone that it actually warrants this you know i'm always a bit apprehensive when it's usa versus the world type thing however (laughs) when i did start to read through the format it looked really really fun i think my big question probably though is it seems like such a big deal to make team usa that it's almost like, wait, what if there's someone who's in between Team USA and the All-Star game and their performance, you know, they should be an All-Star, but they didn't make the T- Team USA. It almost seems like if you made Team USA, you then automatically get this All-Star. I wonder yeah. if it's just a calendar thing where it's like, hey, they're done playing at this time. We have a break. And these are the players that are going to make Team USA. So then they'll also be the All-Stars. Well, I mean, I think, you know, one one of the many differences between this and the men's game is I don't think you have a lot of players turning the Olympics down, right? So like in the men's game, you have someone like this year, like, for example, Kevin Love on the Olympic team. But that only happens because X number of superstars, you know, quote unquote, superstars, have turned Mm -hmm. down the Olympics because they play so much all year round where I think in the women's game, that's not an issue. So it's like the Olympics are still a very big deal for them. So it's like, if you get invited to the Olympics, like you're just saying yes. Right. And I think that was um, something we touched on in our first podcast about there being a lot of uh, complications around scheduling and contracts and, I'm pretty sure there's still a healthy amount of women who are not allowed to play in the WNBA this year because of an international commitment. So just basically, right. You know, attesting to what you're saying that that national duty to play for your country is, is paramount in in the WNBA. And I'm sure also for, um, you know, good press, the Olympics, all eyes are going to be on them. You know, they want a really good product. I'm sure it is also important for the WNBA in a way that it might not be for other like major male leagues. Yeah. I mean, and also too, like, I actually really like this format because I think it's just so much more interesting than just Eastern conference, Western conference, which I I don't really care for like even, I mean, sorry, I don't want to do too many comparisons to the NBA here, but Mm -hmm. like, I'm very like abolish the conferences. Like, I don't think it matters really. And I don't think, you know, titles should be determined by traveling schedules. Right. Cause that's the excuse for having the conferences is just like the travel. And and I'm like, Oh, like, I guess I just don't care. Like, I feel like there's Mm -hmm. a way around all of that and i just think like 
this narrative, as you were saying, Freddie, just about like, oh, like who's making it to Team USA? Like if you're in the All-Star game and you're on Team WNBA and you're American and you didn't make the U.S. team, you probably do feel a little slighted. Yes, of course. And I think that adds, selfishly, that does add to the drama. Oh, so you like the drama aspect. I think so. I mean, I do in that... I do in that, and we're going to get into the Olympic snubs in a bit here, Mm -hmm. but I I like it because it's inevitable that good players won't make this team. Right. You know what I I mean? mean, It's not like that. It's already not a completely fair system, and you kind of have to draw the line somewhere. So for me, it's like, well, this gives those players a chance to really show off in a way that they wouldn't have in such a direct way otherwise. Yeah, no, it's a good point too. And I think um, with something like the Olympics as well, you'd be able to see a player that maybe is a role player uh, be a significant like kind of um you know, like what uh, a player that their national team runs the offense through. And uh, yeah, it should, it should be really exciting to kind of like watch the, uh, the countries go at it in, in the Olympics, knowing the players from the WNBA and also probably similar to other sports, seeing a bunch of players that are of WNBA quality that aren't in the league. Mm-hmm. That's one thing mm-hmm. I'm excited for because that's a, that's a major thing in in all sports. And I'm sure must be a big part that will that mean you will learn when, when we watch the WNBA. We'll be like, oh my goodness, you know, Team Greece, let's say, has about five players that I think, you know, should be in the WNBA, but are not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which ultimately is a, is a good problem. Yeah, I mean, I I always look forward to watching the Olympics because, I mean, and in this case, it really is going to help elevate my knowledge of women's basketball. So Mm -hmm. for that, I am excited. Although the Olympics in general have been very upsetting lately um, because the IOC is banning players and or athletes, I should say, you know, outside of basketball. And they're really getting on my nerves. Sorry, I was reading all this stuff about the Olympics before uh, we started recording this morning. But Um, is this the sprinter? Yeah, the sprinter because of marijuana. But then they're also banning these these swimming caps that were made for for black hair hmm. and they're banning them because they don't traditionally correlate with the other swim caps i mean which is just so unnecessary like who gives a shit i mean and then there's three runners from nigeria that are being banned because their testosterone levels their natural testosterone levels are quote-unquote too high and it's really upsetting me because it's like a lot of people or a lot of athletes have genetic advantages Mm -hmm. like being in basketball being tall is not like you know as basketball players are is not normal it's not like or average, I should say, to be six foot eight and above. Right. But to be that gives you a genetic advantage in the game of basketball. So why would being born with a testosterone level be any different? Like I just, the way they're politicizing women um, and their bodies is just, it's all very upsetting. It is very upsetting. And I think, you know, that's a good example of 
systematic racism and you know FIBA. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I want to say FIBA because I'm probably using the the wrong like acronym or whatever. But I believe in this case it's the IOC, which is okay, the International IOC, Olympic Committee. I'm but yeah, sure. you know, anyone affiliated with the Olympics have a horrible history when it comes yeah. to you know treatment of female athletes and and athletes of color. And, and also a variety of like human rights abuses when it comes to, you know, the Olympics themselves. So I'll say this, I'm definitely excited to watch competition and the WNBA players and that sort of thing. But I'm sure we'll talk about it in another pod. There will be a, a healthy dose of us uh, criticizing the crap out of the Olympics rightfully. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more political moments in this year's uh, Olympics than we've seen in a, in a long time, because it just feels like, you know, everything that's happened in the last, you know, year and a half, but also it just feels like it's brewing in a, mm -hmm. in a way. No, um, I hope we do. I hope we do. It's a good point. Nikkei Gumke. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She was an obvious snub from Team USA. I mean, at first I saw her sister, Chanae, uh, posting on social media about this, but it was more than just Chanae. I think Lisa Leslie spoke out and quite a number of people spoke out. Uh, reminding yep, Candace us of Parker. Her. Candace Parker, yes. Derek like Fisher. A, Derek Fisher, her current coach. A lot of people were speaking out about this snub in a way that I've personally never seen before. I've never, I can't recall a time I've seen someone snubbed from a team like this and had so many other people involved or not involved um, with her current team or career being so vocal mm -hmm. about the snub. And it's really like, I think the one thing that I've really taken away from this is even with this, you know, quote unquote outrage, there's still a significant amount of solidarity within the WNBA because I haven't seen anybody say that someone else doesn't deserve to be there. There's no like commentary about like, okay, well, if Neke was snubbed, who should, you know, whose place should she have had? Like nobody is calling anyone out in a way that is like, honestly, in a weird way, kind of refreshing. Like I actually really appreciate the solidarity there that as upset that as mm -hmm. they are, they're not, you know, calling anyone else out. I guess like, I wonder if, or I imagine I should say that they're probably very self-aware and self-conscious about women being pinned against each other. Right. And so for all this talk, I've noticed that we don't have that in this. And I just thought that was very interesting. Okay. Your, our brains are like colliding right now in, in a positive <laughs> way, because I think, I think the snub word is really interesting in sports because I think it's, it's almost like a magic trick. So it's used for the most part as a way to say, this person is incredible 
and they're not being acknowledged as much as they should be. Mm-hmm. However, it often, and I think purposely so, doesn't go as far as saying this person was snubbed for blank. And let me just do this for you. I'm just going to very quickly read the names of the, of the women that made the team. Mm-hmm. Ariel Atkins, Sue Bird, Tina Charles, Nafisa Collier, uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, Sylvia Fowles, Chelsea Gray, Brittany Griner, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart, Diana Taurasi, Asia Wilson. I definitely don't have a name that immediately pops out as like, oh yeah, they're off the team. And 12 women make the team. Yeah, there's no Kevin Love on this team. <laughs> no. And, although, so here's kind of where my learning, I think, comes in a little bit. Her current season is, I would say, significantly better than a couple of the, I would say, Lifetime Achievement Award uh, type. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to come in on my second podcast here with a whole amount of disrespect, but it does seem like, for instance, you know, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are more in the Lifetime Achievement Award leadership territory for this team and Mm -hmm. perhaps not as good as Neke is right now. So are you saying... So the politics there I don't quite understand is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Because I was like, are you saying that because of age and they've had had several opportunities that they should maybe think about giving room for somebody else? Well, I'm thinking, okay, if you're one of the people, let's say, let's say you're Derek Fisher. And in this interview, you're going off about how much of an injustice this is. And a follow-up question is, I agree with you. Who does she replace? And does Derek Fisher have an automatic answer? Or is it kind of in this world that you were just talking about where, you know, there's solidarity and people are conscious of trying not to pit two women against each other while also conscious of the fact that something seems a bit off here. Like this person is too good to not be representing our country, both in terms of like, we want to make sure we, we win. Like the pressure on, you know, uh, USA women's basketball is always to win and win big. They're expected to never lose and they're expected mm-hmm. to blow out every opponent. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, organizing that team, it's one of those things where it's like winning's not everything. It's like, it's only one thing. So you really have to make sure you have the perfect type of powerhouse that also reflects well in history. So when people look at the pictures of this gold medal team, you know, Sue Bird's on it, Diana's on it, and it makes sense. I don't know if I'm swerving in too many directions. I'm just trying to say that I feel like there is a weird dance that's happening here where I'm curious to how offended the people who are, are kind of like stumping for, for Neke actually are, oh, or, or, or if they would be willing to say a name, I guess. Well, I guess my, okay. My point is that I don't think they, I'm sure they have a name in mind, but I don't think they would ever say the name. Right. Is what right. I'm saying. But are you th- suggesting that there might be another reason? Like, or do you think there's a reason? Um, or do you have theories as to the reason, I guess, is what I'm asking? Yeah, no, I, my theory is, is kind of just what, what you said already is just sort of like a solidarity thing where if Derek Fisher is like, it's Diana Taurasi. She's better than Diana Taurasi. 
I think he's like, you know what? That's not good. I don't want to say that. Or better than Why current, I... or, or maybe better than current Diana Taurasi. Although Diana Taurasi is playing very well. Like, I know, so yeah, exactly. Like, no like, one on the I, I just... bad, you know? So, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I feel about the legacy thing. Like, if they... I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not of the mind that they should give up a part of their legacy because they already have a legacy. Like, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm fully on board with that. My sort of thinking as to why this snub could have happened, I don't know. But my first thought were, I wonder what her relationships are like with Team USA or the people who make these decisions. I'm not, I don't know. I mean, it would be an interesting deep dive to figure out like, Who's actually deciding Team USA? Does Neke have any previous relationships with them through college or, you know, something like that? Was she on a rival team? You know, think little, little is, tiny um, things that could create a bias. I think the head coach is, uh, I'm not sure what her name is, but she was the former head coach of, um, or she's sorry, she's a current WNBA head coach from South Carolina. But, but, but yeah, the, the, this is, I mean, you know, we're going to continue to learn about the WNBA and I think politics and favoritism and opportunity are huge, huge parts of all sport. And I think that sometimes there's a false idea that all cream rises to the top and that's just not the reality. There's relationships and, you know, something like the Olympics is a really good example where, yeah, you know, you, based on the response there is more information. And I think if there were, if the story came out where, yeah, she had a bad relationship with two or three of the big decision makers, or perhaps there's someone on the team, just to do my NBA reference of the day, uh, you know, the Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas scenario where right. Michael Jordan didn't like Isaiah Thomas and he was considerably better than, Isaiah Thomas was considerably better than uh, several members of the dream team and he got left off. So I think there stuff like that happens. Well, that's kind of more or less what I was alluding to. And I just want to make it clear that, that in no way am I suggesting any of this is her fault. Like just, just, I don't think anybody thought that, but I just thought, Oh, I should make that clear. I'm it's not a suggesting... conspiracy podcast. I think people know. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I'm suggesting any that's her fault, but that was my first thought was this is probably about, I mean, a snub this obvious really does come down to relationships historically i would say mm -hmm. um so that's interesting and I, I look forward to learning more about that and also looking forward to i assume she i assume she's a part of the all-star game is she i don't have the list in front of me well okay see that th that's what i brought up earlier where, where i'm a bit confused i think what's going to happen is the people who made the u.s team like that is going to be the all-star game. So the, the, the team USA is going to play the but best. But she can be on team WNBA. Oh, so she can. So different yeah. players. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's my confusion, listeners. If, if you're wondering what's going on in my head, I just, I just learned something. <laughs> yeah, team WNBA is not team international. It's a combination of American athletes that didn't make team USA and international players okay okay that's much better and fairer and it's going to give uh more women shine also this week we had uh jordan brand release a family portrait 
beautiful photo featuring a bunch of different WNBA players. And the only thing I wanted to say about this photo that just kind of made me laugh was like, ev like everybody, not, <laughs> not just Michael Jordan, but everybody is so, okay, well, hold on. So everybody just looks so beautiful and so regal, but then you have like Kia nurse just doing like, you know, when you're in a group photo and you're trying to stick your head out I to make sure you're like in that. the photo and she's doing that. Like, am I in here? Am I in here? and everybody else just looks super super regal that just made me laugh okay. that's all i wanted to say about it no that's amazing i'm just looking at it now and yeah that's not fair everyone got to show off like their dresses a really nice suit and she's just straight up in the back smiling and you can only see like half of her head you can even see michael's suit well, I guess you can see that. She yeah, I have no idea what Candace is wearing in this. Yeah, anyway, it's just funny to me. It's like, oh, like for such a beautiful professional photo, I feel like they could have staged her differently. Even if they put her on like a little Apple box, like that's what they call it in film and TV. And yeah, Apple get box, that Apple box. Little box in there that she could stand on just to be more present in the photo. What Some been... people know fly in that apple box exactly fly uh... in that apple box uh <laughs> we need a hero shot on kia and you know what just a quick shout out to kia uh for you know we we talked we talked a little bit about the all-star game and the, the olympics and uh she'll be in both and uh canada is going to have an awesome team uh they don't have to do any preliminary tournament to make it in they're already in they're incredible so uh you should have a fun time supporting the uh women's basketball team Canada. Yes, Team Canada. Uh, that's going to be super exciting. Um, the other uh, big thing that happened this week was uh, the Seattle Storm waived seven-time All-Star Candace Dupree yes. after failing to find a quote-unquote meaningful role with the team. And so this is interesting because I believe they really went after her in free agency last year, if I'm not mistaken. This is my area of of current i think like most fascination with the wnba because yeah i'm a sports nut and one thing that seems quite unique about the wnba is different teams seem to have almost wholly different set of beliefs like one thing when you're watching a lot of the games you start to hear a bunch is uh so and so was on last team you know i'm gonna just use two uh, makeup teams here so-and-so was on the aces and got cut last year and then is now on the Liberty and starting. So this is not as, is not very much a, like a, a thing in other sports. And I'm not saying that Candace Dupree is going to show up on another team in a week, but I'm also saying I'm not, I won't be surprised if she does. And I think that's uh, something about the WNBA I'm, I'm curious about because how one organization is so far away from the other, I don't quite understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other point I'll say is that, you know, I think every career comes to an end. Uh, I'm not saying that this is the end for Candace, but she's 36. Uh, I'm third, I just turned 35, so I'll say this. <laughs> Being a professional athlete, which I've never been, uh, <laughs> is probably really hard uh, when you're rounding on 40. And, you know, she had a huge drop-off, right? So she went from Indiana uh, averaging 12.5 points, um, which was sort of low for her anyways, uh, to, to almost six points this year. But again, she's barely getting any minutes or opportunity. 
So I'm wondering if it's like a locker room fit thing. I don't know why you'd bring in a veteran like Candace and release her midway through the season. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So where I'm kind of landing is I think it's like a fit type thing where maybe Candace wanted to leave. Maybe she was excited to, to join the team and unhappy with her role. Uh, well, she said yeah. that she's not happy with her role or it's being reported that she's not happy with her role. I, yeah, I can't so, tell you if she said that as a direct quote, but it's being reported. So I'll stick with my first kind of vibe about this is a, this is a situation where a player is likely going to relocate versus a situation where a player is at the end of their career and getting cut from a team. Yeah, no, I think she'll definitely relocate to a new team. I think what happens with a lot of veterans is that they feel they have more to give than the opportunities they get, you know, and it's a, it's a tricky time as an athlete too, because like you're really trying to maximize these last years of your career. So, you know, on one hand, like it seems like a good idea to take a, a supporting role to win or potentially win another championship, like with a team like the Seattle Storm. But then you're also like, well, no, these are my last playing years mm -hmm. and I need to maximize these and hopefully also win. And so my impression is that she just thought that she was going to have a bigger role on this team than she does. And then two, it's like, you don't know exactly when athletes are just going to, I mean, I hate to say the term drop off, but you know, it's kind of essentially what happens. And it, that's also difficult because I think also a lot of athletes believe they have more when sometimes they don't, I think mm -hmm. in Candace's uh, current situation, she probably does have more to give than the Seattle storm are, are letting her right now. Um, it but, seems like but it. Like she, I don't know, but at this age, I don't know if she has more than two years or at a more, uh, at a bigger role, I should say. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of a risk for, for other teams. If she wants a bigger contract at the end of this year, I mean, I think she'll probably end up signing like one year deals with people. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And it could be one of those things where she still can be, a meaningful veteran presence that helps a team win while playing more. But, you know, Seattle and the aces seem to be on this like major collision course. Like, you know, yeah. Connecticut's obviously been really hot recently, but those two teams met in, in uh, the WNBA finals last year, you know, without Liz campage. So it definitely seems like they're on another class so maybe she joined, uh, you know, a version of an all-star team where she's like, hey, like, this is fun, but I don't just want to, like, sit on the bench and win a championship. And I want to have some playoff moments. Uh, again, like, you know, just to your point, too, the, the drop-off or, you know, maybe we'll find a better word for that. But it's usually some version of, like, just a, a loss of a, a first step or a little bit of speed. And I think more so than you know, the grief of like, oh man, like it's so sad for an athlete. We should also take in the fact that this is a small window and these 
these athletes, these women are, are that talented and it's that elite of a sport that if you do lose a step or, you know, even recover from a game a little bit slower, like a lot of 30 year olds and veterans do, that edge is substantial. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I feel like I'm making a case for her dropping off and it, this might be totally irrelevant because she'll go to like the Connecticut Suns and be like, I'm still really good. I just needed a bigger role. I mean, you never know. It could be like a, a Chris Paul situation who's mm-hmm. currently going to the NBA finals. And a lot of people thought he, you know, he was really at the end of his career and then he gets traded to the Suns and everything changes. So, I mean, maybe she's hoping that can happen for her as well. And for all we know, uh, it can. Um, we also want to, yeah. Sorry, I, I just want to say, and she's on Sue Bird's team. So she's probably like, hey, I got another 10 years uh, <laughs> in the league. You never know. What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it. Open a CQ checking account and get $250 to spend freely. And that's not all this credit union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. Visit secumd.org today. to uh, give a special shout out to Laisha Clarendon. Uh, they had an amazing ESPN cover oh story about coming out as trans and non-binary and talking about their top surgery and you know what it's like to live outside of the gender spectrum and also what it's like to be an athlete outside of the gender spectrum and it's just it's a really beautiful story there's definitely uh, no hot takes here about mm-hmm. Lacia specifically but yeah. uh, we wanted to give her a special shout out because uh, it was really cool you can see there's like a seven minute video on her Instagram but also you can read the ESPN cover story itself. Uh, so shout out to them. Uh, really, really great stuff there. Also too, like the more I just as a, as a general note, the more I watch women's sports, the more I think, oh my God, gender and sports is actually really stupid. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> like the more and- I watch, the more I'm like, oh my God, this is so unnecessarily gendered. Yeah, like when, you know, I, I messaged you before the pod, but it was like, it was waterworks when when they mm-hmm. said, I decided I'm getting my top surgery and basketball can deal with it because it really is that simple. And it's kind of like, you know, they talked a lot about their their endless and difficult pursuit to be their true selves. And like, that is a unrelenting, difficult journey for anyone and mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be harder for you know queer folk and trans folk and it's one of those scenarios where why we wouldn't accept that with open arms yeah i mean i guess there's a lot of you know bigoted reasons for that but i, I i'm really happy that the WNBA is rolling with this in the way that they are and celebrating it and 
it's just a really, really good, positive, awesome story. Like you said, the video is incredible. Just seeing someone get closer to being who they actually are is a, is, is a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm sure ESPN took, you know, pride month as an opportunity to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And I think with us, you know, on this podcast, I'm pretty sure every episode every month is going to be pride month for us just as people covering the WNBA, like there will never not be a, a pride month here. With that, we have a segment called Badass Player of the Week. And I had to, you know, um, make the Laisha story separate to that because it's it's so badass. It's so cool. So, Freddie, who is your Badass Player of the Week? I'm a badass woman. Okay, I feel like I need to start having better answers for this because I keep going <laughs> on court play. And I feel like you're going to keep pulling out like political heroes and people who've done like otherworldly amazing <laughs> things that obviously is better than my answer. No, but uh, I like the I like the contrast. Because yeah, Alicia, I, I do believe would trump my answer. I wanted to pick from someone from the Aces because I think they're really just like showing out in the league. They got four all-stars named yeah, they they just look absolutely incredible. They're fun to watch. Yeah, so I I I decided to go with uh, Derica Hamby, just because her uh, plus minus over the last seven games uh, is almost ten. And for those listening who don't know or are maybe unfamiliar with plus minus, it's just a way to keep track of if your team is winning while you're on the court. So if you're if your team is losing a lot while you're on the court you'll have a negative plus minus. Uh, and so over the course of, uh, you know, uh, seven games, um, lo- looking six wins, one loss, uh, she's averaging, you know, 26 uh, minutes and um, 10 points and just kind of lighting it up. And obviously she's a part of a really, really strong team with uh, Asia Wilson, Campage, and uh, her teammate Jackie Young actually has the highest plus minus in the league over that period of time. But, uh, you know, her stats aren't as quite impressive uh, or, you know, but um, wow. yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my take. Uh, love that. Yeah, the aces are really balling out right now. Like I loved watching that overtime game with them in the storm. Although I have to say, you know, just as a, a quick call back to uh, last episode, I said, I, I think the Seattle storm will, will win it all mm-hmm. this year. I think they're going to repeat. Ooh. I still, I'm still feeling confident in my pick here, even though the aces are playing so well and they have mm-hmm. so many stars only because that and game Seattle's stacked too. Uh, yeah, Seattle's also stacked, but like uh, they really struggled a lot on the offensive end. Like I think Sue Bird and uh, Brittany both didn't have really good offensive nights that night, you know, and it's and it went to overtime. So I was like, okay, like this was like not their best game and they still made it a game. So mm-hmm. I, I'm actually still kind of feeling uh, confident in my Seattle pick, but I think that's a great badass player of the week. For me, I'm cheating a bit here. Admittedly, I'm cheating a bit, but this moment was very iconic and it happened just after we recorded the last episode. So I got to bring it up. Shout out to Swim Cash 
and oh my god yes and the eye roll heard around the world uh that was amazing (laughs) that was so good i can't believe i'm i'm happy you brought that up because yeah we're we're, we uh we do this pod every two weeks so that's in that perfect perfect kind of nugget of time where it could have been forgotten but so good yeah no, just just an all timer moment from Swing Cash. And if, uh, if anyone it was wants amazing. to, oh sorry, I was just gonna say if anyone wants to check this out during the NBA draft lottery, they each team has to select a uh, representative, uh, and I believe the Washington um, Wizards selected uh, Cash, uh, who who played with the Mystics, and um, oh, I thought she was there for the Pelicans. Oh. I, I might be wrong. Sorry, sorry about that. But, but she, she, I'm she gonna was, look it up right now. She was a representative of a team, and on a Zoom call, you know, didn't win the lottery, and very visibly, you could see her frustration. And it yeah, was, she's. It was, it was with the Pelicans. Oh, with the Pelicans. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it was just an all timer. Like I said, I roll heard around the world. Um, she's part of the. Currently, she uh, works with uh, the team development office with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. That's why. So you're right about the Mystics connection. But yeah, we're both right. Um, With that, we wrap up the show with what we're currently calling, but promise to give a better name to mm-hmm. our fun question of the week. Yes. Um, this is where Freddie thinks of a fun question. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> and throws it to me. We spontaneously come up with uh, answers for this. So we promise that the segment will have uh, a better name. But right now it is fun question. Handing it over to you, Freddie. I promise that this segment will only ever spiral out of control. Every time, <laughs> every record, it's going to be a hot mess. Um, just kidding. Uh, so I was thinking the family portrait thing, we're doing this podcast and big fans, but obviously learning in a lot of different directions. So I thought this was a good opportunity for us to pick our own family portrait, like a, you know, a a nuclear family, I Mm. guess. Um, not that we want to do anything binary around here, but I mean, just so we'll we'll pick four players. If you want to throw in a fifth, that's cool. Doesn't have to be the best players. Just personalities you feel like you're latching onto when you watch the games, watch the highlights. Uh, I could go first, or you could go. No, you what, go first. What would you prefer? Okay, you can go first. So for me, I think uh, I've said her name a bunch on the pod already, even though it's only the second episode. But I think my favorite player might be a tie. But I think my favorite pa- player is uh, Liz Campage. I just Mm -hmm. love watching her. I love her attitude. I also really like Natasha Howard. For anyone noticing a a theme, I like the center position. It's fun to watch for me. (laughs) Uh, I like that Natasha Howard's like this like older vet who's the lead, who's the lead rebounder of all time. Probably the new player that I'm watching a ton this year uh, is Courtney Williams. She just has like such intense bounce and attitude and seems like, she could hit a game-winning shot over anyone at any point, which is, uh, yeah, fun to watch. And the last person I'll throw in, I'm going to say Courtney Vandersloot, who I haven't watched a ton mm. this year. But last year when I when I got my league pass for the first time and was watching a ton, 
uh, watching her and Quigley was just so, so much fun. And I fell in love with the, uh, with the sky. So that's cool. That's my I, portrait. I love all those picks, uh, for me. And I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this by position at all. I'm going to go with Brittany Griner. Really love the way she plays. Um, love it. She can dunk. I'm, I mean, huge. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to go with Liz Cambage. I'm going to go with, uh, Sabrina Inescu. Huge. Um, love watching her. And well, I think I'll just say this. I think your team's better than mine already because <laughs> you know, for me, Howard, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I'm not building a team. I'm just picking. Yeah. And we both have Liz. Watch. So we both have Liz. Um, and then for my fourth, because uh she deserves it, needs a lot of love. Let's go with Neke. Agumake. Yes. You know what? She made our list. We've righted honestly no wrongs, but it feels good. Yeah. And I think, you know, I was saying to Freddie before we started recording, I was like, you know what? That's our family, our nuclear family, quote unquote, for now. And then in, you know, like mid late September, I thought it would be fun to revisit that question and see if it's the same for players or not yes that would that would be a, a fun i think mine will change i'm still at that point where my opinions aren't too hard I'm just i think kinda... i'll probably change it deliberately just to keep it interesting wow deliberate change deliberate change Fair enough mine's just... gonna be organic just saying okay well, we can have different approaches to the same questions. Oh, okay. You know what? This is this is a good mindfulness practice for me. <laughs> uh, with that, that has been our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, thank you to the Sonar Network and shout out to our producer, Jason, who puts this whole thing together and makes us I was going to say look, but sound uh, way better than we do. Uh, Freddie, where can uh, listeners find you on the internets? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter uh, or Instagram. My, uh, I'm at Freddie Revis or at Freddie Noel Revis. Please also check out my other basketball podcast. It's uh, at, at Dunks Podcast on Twitter. Uh, it's kind of like a Raptors NBA pod, but um Yes, and uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelt C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. As well, I also cover the NBA on a, on a podcast called Buckets and Tea NBA Podcast. So you can check that out as well. Uh, thanks so much again, and we'll chat with you next time. Thanks, Bye. everybody.